Welcome to Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Welcome. Today is Wednesday, which means it's another episode of Hometown Heroes. And I have the privilege to introduce Beth Wyman, who is a nutritionist and is all about sustainable, healthy living, that mental clarity and understand food and how food affects you. Not only for people who are listening can call in and the number is 714-816 or 686 to be able to ask questions to our host, but also if you're listening live, we're opening up the chat option so that you can put your questions there and I will also be live, um, have the chat open on our Facebook group at Optimize My Life so you can ask your questions there as well. Welcome, Beth. How are you? Don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. I'm good. Um, it's It's been a good morning so far, so can't complain. So let's start at the beginning. What got you into this nutrition journey? So um, this is actually a profession that I did not know existed until I was in college. Um, I was a physical therapy major, so I knew that I wanted to go into helping people um, improve their lives and live their life to the fullest possible extent. Um, And I thought that was going to be through, like, physical rehabilitation. Um, But then I took my mandatory nutrition class, uh, realized I could talk about food all day long and somebody would pay me for it, so switched my major. Um, And never looked back. It's been wonderful. Um, I thought I worked for a healthcare system for about eight years. Um, before moving up into, like, administration and realizing that that wasn't really for me. So that's when I opened my own virtual practice to get back into helping people one-on-one. No, I love that. Because a lot of people, I didn't know that it was an option other than I thought you had to be a doctor and, you know, that was one of those things that, you could pick as a specialty after you've done your meds and all that stuff. I learned about it when I was in the Army. And, you know, we've talked offline here on social media about this, and you have the similar belief that I do about food. We have this misconception about the ideal person, what they need to look like, but also about the ideal of what you're supposed to eat and how you're supposed to eat and how food is supposed to be only a necessity keep you alive and it's not something you should enjoy. That 
just sounds so boring to only use food as fuel. It's, it's so incorporated into culturally how we celebrate um, that that's something to always keep, you know, in mind when I, I always keep that in mind whenever I'm talking to um, a client that you're still going to have celebrations. It's still going to include food. Um, you still need to enjoy what it is that you are eating, right? Like if I was telling somebody to only eat like brown rice and plain chicken, you might be able to hold it together for like a week before it gets really boring and everything's going to fall apart. Exactly. It's not realistic or sustainable. And then there's so many, um, we talk a lot about the trends and that there's so many diets out there. There's so many extremes. And eating wheatgrass and doing this and this. And, you know, I just remember back to what my um, sergeant told me when we were, and it was like a little joke that she talked about. You know, we were meant to eat only vegetables and only grass and only this. And we've been born a cow. So we, there's a reason why there's so many groups and there's so much we're supposed to have that, you know, we eat, we'll eat it all for a reason. Correct. That's what I, I know that there's some people that feel better when they follow like a vegetarian or vegan diet and I'm like happy to work with somebody on that, but normally I go for um, moderation, right? Some of everything. Um, and it's just, it's, it's more sustainable. It gives you more options because the goal is to be able to eat well and feed yourself well, no matter where you are, right? Whether or not you're at home, out at a restaurant, traveling, whatever it might be. Now, I have a question for you. Because, you know, I grew up yeah. with the food department. I understood that. It all made sense to me. And then in the middle of my training, they switched it over to the my plate. Can you break that down and explain it? Because I don't understand it. Um, so the switch from the pyramid to my plate was to bring it into like a meal by meal focus of how you essentially how your plate should look. Um, so it's just like a think about it as like a different infographic, more or less. Um, and the idea behind it is, is that filling your plate in that manner with half of it as fruits and vegetables, a quarter ish starch, and then about a quarter of it as your protein will help with portion control. So it's giving you a variety of food, helping with portion control to overall maintain a, a general balanced diet. So it's more so you can plan for a meal and not plan your food for the day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not made for doing a full day of it. It's made for like how to look at each individual meal. That makes it smarter. It makes it easier. 
It really does. Um, so, like, when I do meal plans, I kind of do both. I look at each meal and what needs to be incorporated and how that gets you to your overall goals for the day. Um, yeah, but you got to look at each meal breakdown. Otherwise, you end up playing, like, <laughs> like macro Tetris at the end of the day where you're like, all right, well, I have to get in more protein, but I can't get in more fat, and I can't get in more carbs. So all I can eat is, like, plain turkey. <laughs> and that's no fun. Right. You're sitting here trying to figure out what you're missing and making sure you get it all, and it's like, now I have to run to the store because I don't have anything. Yeah. Or you just get yeah. it and just, you know, wing it. And... Right. So, no. so by looking at it, per meal, you're more likely to stay on track overall. I just don't think it would, yeah. Yeah, my plate's, yeah, it, it's got its, its ups and downs, but I like the idea of looking at it one meal at a time. Especially when you've got a busy household, you've got kids, and you're trying to figure out, you know, sometimes two or three different meals just for one meal. Oh, see, <laughs> I won't do I won't do that. I won't do the like two or three meals for a meal. We do like op- uh, it's like all right, so last night's a really great example. Like if I make um like some kind of meat, right? Uh what did I do? Grilled chicken, right? Marinated grilled chicken with veg a vegetable side. We had carrots and then pasta salad for the starch because usually what I do is at the beginning of the week make a big pasta salad to keep in the fridge for the like during summer months Um, because then usually what happens is like one kid eats all the pasta salad none of the meat and some of the vegetables and then the other kid will eat like just the meat and vegetables but no pasta salad so they kind of pick from the full meal instead of me like making macaroni and cheese for the one that likes pasta and you know and making something separate um it helps like pick and choose from one meal closing them to at all begin with yeah i mean yes i definitely have that advantage is that if you're starting this now and they haven't been exposed there's definitely going to be like a rough couple days to a week where they push back and are wanting you know you to make them a separate meal but they'll they'll eat it like kids self-regulate a lot better than adults and they will eat it um if they're hungry regular kids will self-regulate um starve themselves it's, it's as it's coming out. I was immediately thinking of like certain children that I know. That I'm like, no, they're always going to need a different meal. That's my household. I have two um, autistic kids, so the reason yeah, why I it's, um, but I've learned like my son will only eat certain things. So then, like I will, like, he'll do pasta. He'll do spaghetti as long as it's separated. And he'll dip the noodles in the sauce. So like I'll take spinach and chop it up fine and put it in the sauce. So yeah. It like a, as opposed to giving him actual salad. Yeah. The yeah. hiding vegetables is like 
is such a good tactic for getting in those micronutrients for kids. And I know that there's like full cookbooks out about how to um, basically hide vegetables in other dishes. Full part. It is. As long as it's, they're not watching you do it, it's great. Sometimes they figure <laughs> out what my doing and they'll watch me. Ah. This is why I always make the joke when I start talking to parents. I go, you know, think back. When you were pregnant or your spouse was pregnant, what did you say? You wanted a smart kid. You wanted a healthy kid. You wanted a happy kid. So in reality, you don't. You want a healthy kid. You want a happy kid. You want a mediocre child. When you have that <laughs> smart kid, they will catch on to everything. They get bored real easily. And they'll outsmart you. Definitely takes some different tactics. Yeah. And I find that with, like, I guess non, just like regular children, incorporating them into making the meals can be really helpful um, in terms of getting them to, like, buy in and try the food at least. Um, if they feel some kind of, like, ownership to the meal with helping make it. That is really true, especially with kids, especially with there's so many cooking shows out there now, especially, like, Gordon Ramsay. He's always asking. Yeah. It's a big show in our house, and so they're always asking, did you try it before you hand it to us? Did you try it? No. So now I, my kids incorporate that. They taste it before they survey. Hey, it gets them to taste it. That's great. That's what we call, um, we started out with um, Tots. A Disney show had a really good program called the Tots, and it had the no thank you bite. Yeah. And we incorporated that. I don't, I don't care if you like it or not. I want you to taste it. If you don't like it, then say no thank you. If you like it, then eat it. Just try it. Yeah, but that, that exposure is really big with, with children and even with adults that have a very limited talent. How do you deal with that, with, with adults that are so focused on living the world of WebMDs and social media that come in prepositioned of, this is how I have to eat. Now help me do it because I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So that is just they have to be ready for change, right? There's different stages of change psychologically. And if they're not at least in that pre-contemplation stage of change where they're considering and open to the idea of potentially making changes, um, it's not going to work, right? I can't make them. But typically through conversation, we can get a little bit of openness. So, instead of doing like a big diet overhaul, I can be like, all right, like you had, I don't know, keto is a big one, right? And like there's some people that are just die hard keto and really not willing to change. And so by calling it like modified keto and incorporating super high fiber carbohydrates, Typically, I can bring them around to something that's much more moderate um, that's going to incorporate all the macronutrients that they need, not just 
like that super high protein, high fat diet that they were trying to follow before. Can you explain what the keto diet is for our listeners who don't fully understand it, that have heard about it, want to yeah. try it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, don't try it. <laughs> um, but the ketogenic diet it, or keto diet, as it's typically called, um, is a very high fat, high protein, extremely low carbohydrate diet. Um, it was actually created for children with epilepsy um, to help control their seizures when medication wasn't working. So it has a time and a place. It's just really not for adults um, or people without epilepsy. So, it, like I said, time and a place. And uh, ketosis is a state in your body where you are burning fat for energy, um, which definitely happens sometimes, especially during exercise, but it's not necessarily where you want to always exist. Um, your brain works best on carbohydrates for fuel. So typically with a keto diet, there's also a lot of brain fog um, because it's just, it's not running as efficiently. So you're, you are changing your metabolism in terms of what you're burning for the energy that your body needs to survive. Um, in terms of using it for weight loss, um, if a lot of times the reason it works for weight loss is because you're also putting yourself in a calorie deficit. And so if you are priming yourself to use fat as your fuel and putting in yourself in a calorie deficit, your body's going to pull from your additional stores, your, so your excess fat, for energy. Um, it's, just, it's just a roundabout way of putting yourself in a calorie deficit. I like how you just explained that about weight loss. Because the misconception people have is that you have to go on all these fancy diets. And I, you know, explain this a lot to, you know, the example of, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. So I was a kid that watched TV and saw Oprah slim fat and Weight Watchers and, you know, she endorsed a new diet every other year. She's on that oh, yeah. diet. She's on that diet. She blues back up and then goes on a new diet. This is a simple method to losing weight. Yeah. So, I mean, calories in, calories out is definitely like an oversimplification because you also have to make sure that you're eating enough. Um, so over-restricting can actually lead, lead to, like, um, like weight maintenance, essentially, because you restrict but then binge on the weekends, and so all in all, you end up with the same calorie intake that you were having before. Um, or, or in addition to that, your metabolism just slows down so much because your body's main focus is to keep itself alive. So you, you slow way down, and you're not burning as much as you would be just in daily activities um, because you're not eating enough, so your body's trying to conserve energy. So there's definitely a balance. Um, and then getting enough of all the different macronutrients becomes important as well so that you're not, like, diminishing your muscle mass while you're losing weight. Can you 
break down and explain the difference between macro and micro in some examples of what? Yeah, absolutely. So um, macronutrients or like macros, as we typically hear them called, like in uh, social media and online and all that, um, are the three main sources of calories. So calories are just a unit of measurement for energy. And that energy comes from either carbohydrate, fat, or protein. Those are your three macronutrients. Um, your micronutrients are uh, vitamins and minerals. So it's not necessary. It's not a calorie source. Uh, there are things that you definitely need, uh, but you're going to get them in um, like like smaller amounts through all the different stuff you're eating. So mostly through like um, a lot of it's through uh, fruits and vegetables. One of the big trends that I've been seeing that kind of scares me a little bit is these people who go on these crazy diets and they're missing all these nutrients. And instead of using food, I'm a big believer that food fixes a lot, almost everything. But instead of eating this stuff, they turn around to go to supplements to make up for what they're not getting in their bodies by eating it. Yeah, yeah. Supplements have a time and place, um, right? So ideally, you would get all of your micronutrient needs through food, um, but sometimes but somebody might have trouble with absorption of certain micronutrients for whatever reason, definitely indicates the need for supplementation or their bodies might just need more of a certain vitamin or mineral um, or trace element, whatever it might be. So that would also require supplementation if for some reason they're not going to reach that through food intake. So supplements are more as a guide to help you with what you're missing for whatever reason. It's not there as a substitute for food. Yeah, usually not. I mean, this is definitely, like, excluding, um, like, uh, more of, like, the surgical medical issues, right? So if somebody's had, like, parts of their intestines or stomach removed and things like that, that's, that's a whole different area. That, yeah. You know, they'll drink their shakes and they'll do this and this and then, you know, instead of, you see a lot of this on different celebrity shows reality shows is that instead of eating an actual meal they'll have a little bit and then they take a buttload of supplements to make up for what they're not eating because they need the food they need the you know the calories or the nutrients that they're not getting because they don't eat which is a going yeah, trend it's not, it's not a meal replacement to take like a vitamin that's for sure It's just when you look at what's going on in our society, it's just like these celebrities can say something and we all follow them blindly and not actually look at sex. And we're creating yeah. kids that are 
being raised in unsustainable households because they're following these trends. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard because celebrities have such a big platform, right? They reach so many people, and um, and then it, it has such an influence, right, over whoever's seeing it. And if you don't know what you don't know, you're going to just follow it and say, hey, I want those same results, um, right? If you don't know that you should be looking for something that's like scientifically backed and appropriate for any other conditions that you're also managing at the same time. Um, you know, the celebrity endorsements, uh, they don't come with a warning label, right. Of like, Hey, this may or may not be for you. It's just, it's just that it's just an endorsement of whatever the, their latest product is. Exactly. Um, you know, one of the other bad things that's coming out that, you know, I've gotten a lot of slack for because I don't believe in it is, and I probably don't have a lot of experience with this, but is with autistic kids, is that theory, there, there's no medical science behind it, there's nothing behind it, is that they strip the kids of everything. It's like no gluten, no dairy, no this, no this, even though they have no medical reason to do it. It's supposed to eliminate all the symptoms. And parents are just... that? I did not. I refused to because um, we did have him te- my son tested just because of the fact that um, he had issues with his stomach. He still does. He gets a sour stomach. Yeah. And we're still yeah. working on trying to find the cause for it. But um, so one of the thoughts they had, the doctors had was this, was he gluten intolerant? I'm like, no. And they tested him. He's fine. He's healthy. He's an anomaly. He's healthy no matter what. And it's really weird because he gets enough of the right vitamins to be healthy, even though he's on a restricted diet. It's, I mean, that's good. He's getting in what he needs, um, even though it might look different than what you would expect. Um, when it comes to, I feel like gluten and dairy get restricted so often whenever any, anybody has any kind of issues. Uh, and it really, like if somebody comes to me and they say that, oh, I don't eat gluten, I feel better when I don't eat gluten, I'm like, okay, then, then don't eat it. Um, but it's not, it's, sometimes it comes down to like food anxiety, right? Like, if it makes them more comfortable to avoid it, then sure, don't eat it. Like, you can get what you need from other sources. Um, And so eventually we might talk about, like, the food anxiety and whether or not there is a real reason to be avoiding the gluten and the dairy or if it was really just out of following a certain fad or being afraid that it was, hurting them somehow um and then it gets reintroduced if there are symptoms we stop it again but normally there's no symptoms it's fine and then it's a lot easier for them to make food choices because they're not worried about avoiding gluten anymore and so it it opens up um all the different possibilities of things that they can eat 
No, I love that you brought that up. That's another thing I want to talk about with you is the psychological aspect of food. You know, people convince themselves that this is why they feel this way without a medical reason because that's, that's how powerful our brains have is that we can convince ourselves anything if we think about it hard enough and long enough. Yeah, there's a really big psychological component to food. Well, that's part of the reason why I like Gordon Ramsay's. He always talks about making it pretty. You take a lot of healthy food, you make it pretty, you're going to enjoy to eat it. Yes, there's actually like full there's full studies about serving uh, children school lunch um, the exact same food but on different types of like trays or plates and uh, the the kids that got the food on like the nicer plate with a garnish and real silverware and things ate more than the kids that got the exact same food on like a paper tray. Even though it's the exact same food. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting because we all know what most school lunches look like. We've all survived them. It's, it depends where you are. Um, school lunch definitely varies. Um, there, are, there are some that it looks really good now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it depends where you are. It depends on the food service director. Um, Yeah, but it's not necessarily what we think of, you know, what we saw growing up or, like, what you see portrayed on TV. Let's talk a little bit about diabetes. um, Sure. A lot of our listeners are either pre-diabetic or they're diabetic. And a lot yeah, of them struggle I mean, did you get, with their sugar levels. Yeah, so they struggle with their sugar levels. Did you get any, like, specific questions that are coming through about diabetes or really, like, a, a general sort of thing? I'm more of a general at the moment. Um, I just know, like, we have a lady that's on the line that usually she has questions today she doesn't. <laughs> um, so with diabetes, um, one of the biggest things is eating at regular intervals and to help keep those blood sugar numbers steady, right? Everybody, diabetes or not, you get a little bit of a sugar spike right after your meal and then it comes back down. Uh, And the goal with diabetes is to make sure you're not getting a crazy high spike after your meal and that you're not getting a crazy low before your next meal. Um, So eating at regular intervals, usually about every three to four hours, and then making sure that you're pairing your carbohydrate foods with something else. Um, so I've actually heard this term, like, don't eat naked carbs, carbs by themselves. 
um, because that's going to be absorbed really quickly, you're more likely to get a blood sugar spike. So pairing it with something that takes more time to digest, like protein or carb, or excuse me, protein or fat, is going to help slow down that digestion, slow down that release of glucose into your bloodstream, and help you avoid a sugar spike. I know we had a lady on the other day that talked about, like, her nutritionist told her when she eats crackers to pair it with some peanut butter or some cheese just for that reason. Exactly. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, how pair different things to even it out into your system. Yeah, yeah, the food pairing becomes important. Um, and that goes back to that meal planning aspect of, like, knowing what to eat when and with what. Um, and I feel like with diabetes, too, there's this big, like, fear around eating anything with carbs. Um, and it doesn't mean you don't need any. It just means you need to spread them out. Right, and that was the hardest thing for me when I was pregnant and ended up being diabetic. I had gestational diabetes. I got diagnosed the day before Halloween, right after I just bought oh. a big Halloween candy. It's sitting on my counter. <laughs> That's tough. Especially because I'm a sugar freak. I like candy. I like candy bars. I like chocolate. And I'll eat a candy bar. I won't eat the whole package. But I've learned yeah, that the diet is really good. Just only eat the exact number they tell you to eat on the butt label. Yeah, if you can limit yourself, that's always a really good um, trait. But that's not – like some people can, right? Some people can have one piece and be done. And there's definitely other people where like one piece – always turns into 10 pieces. Like there's just not that internal like self restriction to stop. That's, I believe that's a lot has to do with that psychological aspect of it. And the word game where once you, you tell yourself you can't have that. And you, you know, a lot of people think just because you're a diabetic or you have to not have the piece of cake or you can't, have the cookie, you can't have this, you can't have that, you want it more because you're restricting yourself from having it, where really you could have a little bit, you just can't eat the whole bag or the whole box. Yeah, and what I typically tell clients as well is like, we live in a place where there's always more, right? Like, if you're looking at a case of donuts, like this is not the last time you're going to see donuts. You can come get one tomorrow. They're not going to disappear. So like if it's not the best, whatever that you're going to have, like piece of cake, donut, cookie, like sometimes it's just not worth it. Like it's not worth eating because you know that like tomorrow you can make a stop and get something that is a whole lot better tasting. Um, uh, and will satisfy you better. Sorry about that. We're doing, they're doing road construction behind my house. They dropped the oh. bucket. I have one of them dogs that barks at any sound, any noise. 
That's all right. You know, the other awesome thing is we live in this world of technology where there's so many cool ways to modify recipes to make them a little bit healthier. Yeah. Uh, That's another entire cookbook dedicated to, you know, healthier versions of things um, or even, like, websites and stuff. So it's out there um, if you look for it. I know Toll House, for instance, because I always lose my recipes when I do Christmas uh, cooking, that actually has a separate, separate website just for modified recipes to make their cookies healthier. Oh, that's awesome. And using, like, dark chocolate instead of milk chocolate and using whole grain flour as opposed to leached white flour. Using a little bit of honey or applesauce as opposed to sugar. Yeah, the applesauce instead of sugar is a big one that helps change the cookies. Hey, man, listen to Mary's country. Go ahead, country. Quick question for y'all, just to kind of mess up things a little bit. Um, I don't want to be the first to expose this, but there's a lot of people out there that don't cook or don't know how to cook. And for lack of better terms, have become fast food junkies that order out or order in, or however you want to say it, every day or three, four, five times a week. What do we say to the people that don't know or have a clue on about eating healthy? Some people don't even know what minerals are. They just eat McDonald's. I'm going to use them as an excuse. You know, so what do you say to the people that are really not, educated when it comes to, like, I had a friend of mine, he owns a farm. Uh, one of his uh, 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 Labradors got a hold of one of his ducks, and, of course, he's got, like, 60, so he says, okay, country, but how do I cook it? You know, he's a Jamaican guy. He knows how to cook curry chicken, but he's never cooked curry goat. So what do y'all, what kind of advice can we offer those people that are not the best at choosing recipes or not up on what minerals and vitamins are? What do we tell those people that are still suffering that don't know what to cook or don't know what to eat? Uh, That's an excellent question. And I actually had a client yesterday who they don't cook at all. Um, So what we worked on with them is, okay, well, where do you go get food? And this person is definitely not the first time I've seen this. Um, And what we do is go through where they do go to get food and navigating how to pick something that's better um, at those places. So McDonald's has actually become really hard because they narrowed down their menu so much during the pandemic. But typically you can find things that work, um, even though it might not be ideal. It's still so much better than just going and grabbing the first thing that sounds good. Uh, so I typically focus on changing the choices. And then it, it really depends on the person, right? Like if it's somebody that wants to learn how to cook, we talk through like some basic recipes and things that they'll need in the kitchen uh, and resources from that line. But there's definitely people who it's just it's never going to be part of their life. 
they might get so far as to like warm up a frozen meal um, and their frozen meals have come so far that there are options there that are a great choice. So yeah, usually I work through where they're choosing their foods from, how to pick something that's a little bit better and potentially incorporating either frozen meals or super simple beginner recipes. Uh, Ma'am, most times people say don't go there, but uh, I'm glad that you did go there because every culture and every community is not conducive to the same access to foods. In the Afro-American community, in certain sections of town, they call it on the other side of tracks, you might have to drive mm-hmm. six to eight miles to the closest Walmart or to the closest Kroger or to the closest Publix, the closest grocery store. So the guy, the question that came up, I had just asked a friend of mine who just happens to be a veterinary, who happens to be a diabetic, and I said, well, I know you don't you order Uber Eats and they uh, Zoop Zoop delivers and they, they got a special rate for you because they deliver your food every day. But where do you shop? I said, what's the closest little grocery store around? Oh, you know, oh there's a grocery store right there's around, around, around the corner. I put it in my GPS and it said .07 miles. When I walked into the place, Mary, I go, O-M-G. Gee, yeah. Oh, my God. It looked like the library of vitamins. Everything from every culture in the world from A to Z is there in a herb, a root, a seed, a leaf. And then I looked around the back. It was like, man, this is like a miniature farmer's market. I love it. Green bananas, plantains, there's cactus, there's sweet potatoes, white potatoes, all kinds of different potatoes. Mary, you know how we're potatoes lovers? Because we like things that are dirty. (laughs) But, ma'am, that was an excellent suggestion, too, because if you don't find out what people have access where you find your food that and here's the last part and then I'll hush again. With that suggestion, Deborah Clark, we call her the Green Queen. She talks and feeds the people underneath the bridges. She formed a partnership with public so there are things that are growing close to expiration date that she expedites it to them so she can give it to some people so they can eat it because they won't be able to sell it in three days. So, ma'am, that was an excellent suggestion. Then, again, certain people that you're going to be helping, introduce them to the bar, uh, the barber, I was going to say the barber, <laughs> introduce them to the butcher if they're meat eaters. If they're not meat eaters, introduce them to somebody that works in the vegetable and to the produce section and let them be able to become smart consumers. Last one, Mary, we talked about helping people on our show before, and that's what uh, the whole collection does. We have no hidden agendas or hidden motives on what we do. We help people so that they can help other people by us helping them to be better eaters, better educators, uh, educating them on being better shoppers, and possibly even introducing them to the person or somebody at their local grocery store that they can develop a relationship with when they come in, they'll be able to ask Mary, well, how's your sugar level this week, Mary, and are you still eating your veggies? Did you eat your broccoli this week? And just like Queen said the other night, have a conversation, a one-on conversation with your heart. 
have a one-on-one conversation with your stomach. Have a one-on-one conversation with your kidneys and see what they're saying to you because if you want to find the best you that you can ever be, look in the mirror. Sorry, I was muted. You know, you brought up a good point about that. You know, there's so many other foods that you could eat to make up for other things. You know, like, for instance, vitamin C. Potatoes have a phenomenal source of vitamin C, and it's not just in the skin. It's in the meat themselves as opposed to eating orange. Yeah, that's so Mary, true. Like, uh, like if I have somebody one more, come one, in that doesn't like certain foods, I'm like, there's so many options. One more quickie, y'all, before I forget. I ran into an old friend of mine at a festival this weekend. We're in what most people call the watermelon season, and I asked people, did you know watermelon was a super fruit? Super meaning it's green on the outside most of the time. It has a white core, which has great antioxidants for your white blood cells as well as your red blood cells, and the meaty part, which has natural sugar, which some of us diabetes didn't know we got to have sugar. Oh, there's good sugar and bad sugar, according to what kind of sugar you're putting in there. That's natural sugar. Now, I ask most people, what do you do with the rhyme, and what do 80 to 90% of the people say? Oh, I just throw it away. Well, you first of all, you got to understand that watermelon and body has to have water. A watermelon is 90% water. Most of the minerals that you get from a watermelon are in the rhyme. I suggest to people to cut it down into small cubes like it would be an ice cube and put it into a Ziploc. And when you do need an ice cube, use your watermelon rhyme as an ice cube. Now, now you got the white and the green, and most people spit the seeds out. If you go to Whole Foods here in Atlanta, you can buy watermelon and pumpkin seeds. And if you've ever had people that have chemotherapy, the first thing that they tell you to eat on your menu is eat pumpkin seeds slash watermelon seeds. So these are great nutrition things, too. And Mary said potatoes. I didn't know that uh, I'm a nutrition expert, but I forgot, Mary, maybe I've been eating my my veggies, that potatoes have vitamin C in it. And last little cliff note for you guys, if you've never heard of it, one of the best-kept secrets in the world when it comes to multi-nutrition, one-of-a-kind, undisputed, heavyweight champion, it's called Moringa. Let me spell that for you. M-O-R-I-N-G-A. Some people refer it as Moringa aloe vera. It has 300 natural, did y'all hear that word? Natural minerals in it, 46 antioxidants, 36 anti-inflammatories, omega-3, 6, and 9, 9 amino acids that your body won't produce, and 18 out of the things that your body really needs on a day-to-day basis, you will find this in Moringa aloe vera. Mary, I'm going to send you that chart so you can share it with your our guest today and I'm going to stop the push, push the button, man. But we really do appreciate you coming on the show. Why? Because we care. 
we care enough to share enough information with you so that you'll know what you need to know in order to be able to be healthy and now in order for you to be able to grow. And I'll just kind of stop right there. But make sure, as they say in the country, make sure that you come back now. You hear? <laughs> Excuse me. As we're winding down the clock, what are some things you want to make sure our listeners know? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing is to try your best wherever you are to get in a variety of putting some fruit or vegetable at each meal as best you can to get in um, as much as you can of uh, those vitamins and minerals. Uh, and then to you know, moder- moderation is probably the, the most important key piece, right? Our listeners that with the summer months, and we've been in extreme heat waves all over the country, um, ways that they can keep themselves hydrated and healthy when they're working out in the heat. Yeah, so um, hydration during extreme heat um, is a little bit different than regular hydration. Uh, water might not be enough, uh, and this is where, like, uh, drinks with electrolyte replacement come in. So uh, I usually lean towards using something like Gatorade Zero or, like, uh, liquid IV, uh, where it's not too much added sugar or none, like in the case of the Gatorade Zero, but you're going to get in some of the electrolytes that you're losing while you're sweating. And melons have a natural source of electrolytes. Yeah, um, so eating some high water content foods can definitely help as well. Uh, And it's nice to have things that are cool, like the melons or like grapes are good as well. Um, but I find a lot of times that drinking is just easier when it's hot out. Um, so you could even put the melon in your water and use it as flavoring, but also be getting some of the benefits. I know we just bought a really cool, um, user pitcher. You can put the fruit in the middle and add the water and then you it's sealed enough where you can actually shake it to help break the fruit down. And I did that with Very watermelon cool. and strawberries. That's excellent. So you're going to be getting the uh, vitamins and minerals from the fruit while also staying hydrated. And it's a great thing for kids because, you know, kids always go towards something that's flavored, that's sweet, juices, pops. And they can get that without getting all the other garbage that goes with it. Right. For you, what is your opinion on salt? On salt? Correct. Uh, it, it depends, which I know is a terrible answer, right? It's not probably what you're looking for, but... Um, it depends. So there are some people that have certain heart conditions where they absolutely must reduce their salt intake. Um, there are people, so there are situations 
um, like large amounts of sweating where you need more salt. Um, and then there are also other people who need extra salt in their diet to maintain their an appropriate blood pressure, right? If they're prone to having their blood pressure go too low. Um, so for salt, it really, it, it depends. There's some people who need to reduce it. There's some people who need to increase it all the time. And there's some people that only need to increase it during certain times. Well, because the misconception is salt's bad. You're never supposed to have it. Yeah. In moderation, depend on your health and your body type, you do need a little bit. Oh, ab- absolutely. And, um, I mean, what's considered a, a, like, moderate salt intake is 2,000 milligrams a day. So if you're picking something up and it's got 54 milligrams of sodium in it, that's nothing, right? Like, that's not going to be, like, what makes or breaks you. So right. I think there's also a lack of knowledge as to what is adequate intake. No, you know, there's been a lot of talk about or lack of talk about iodine, you know, with all these different salts out there. You know, we always grew up with this table salt, which is iodine salt. Is that something we should have in our bodies and we should be taking some of that in naturally or... Yes. So the reason that salt was iodized in the first place was to help reduce the number of goiters that were being seen across, you know, across the country. So it became a public health issue of the incidences of goiters. And it was found that one of the easiest ways to help prevent them was adequate iodine intake. Um, and so we, we salt manufacturers, um, iodized results. And now we don't see nearly as many um, uh, instances of goiters as we did pre-iodization, which I don't know if that's a word. Hey, I make up words. Yeah. Drive my because, you know, I had a nonverbal child, so, you know, becoming verbal, and so, like, I would say magnable just to irritate people. The word or it's not, it will be a word eventually because, you know, ain't the longest time wasn't a word, and then they just add them to the dictionary because everybody uses the word. Yeah. It evolves and changes. That used to be my, my dad's excuse growing up was, it's not in the dictionary, it's not a word, so use it. And I didn't wait to in the dictionary. I'm like, see? It was okay, it's not proper. <laughs> Yeah, and I think definitely another takeaway for listeners is to where your information is coming from. Um, make sure that it is um, somebody who actually is credentialed in nutrition uh, when they're giving out information. The other thing we talked about on one of our shows was trying to how to decipher information from fake to real was, is it in more than one reputable source? Where, you know, sometimes you get one professional that runs with something that's bogus and it turns into 
a whole conspiracy theory. Yeah. Perfect example was, you know, back a few years ago when autism was caused by shots. Oh, yeah. So when you see things, make sure you look at it and look at it from a different, from a couple different standpoints and make sure it's in more than one reputable source instead of just this person posted this. This is right. And look for spelling errors. Or punctuation errors. Right. Hey, Mary. Go ahead. Mary, you know, I've always been an information buff, and I always tell people, yeah, you only get two educations in life, one that people give you and one that you give yourself. So you owe it to yourself to do your own due diligence to research things. And I've always looked for the positive side of everything, but when I'm looking to find out what I really want to know, really need to know, I have a personal assistant for about 10 years plus. I call her YouTube. <laughs> Tell me the things that they don't want you to know about this medicine. Tell me the 10 things that I don't know about potatoes. And it goes, oh, it's got vitamin C in there. Tell me what I need to know if I got low blood sugar. What veggies can help me? It's kind of like biblical, you guys. Ask not. Receive not. Y'all need to fast forward. Mary told you there's all types of alternatives. Forgive them, Father, because they know not. Okay, but I have to explain to you, ignorance is a choice nowadays. The root word of ignorance is ignore. If you know better, you can do better. So that's what we're doing here. And, again, thank you, ma'am, for sharing those facts. Not only the facts, the facts have to be done by somebody, witnessed by somebody else, and then documented by somebody else. But we're bringing to you the truth. And the truth is the truth is the truth until it ain't. You got to take better care of yourself because if you don't take better care of you, who's going to do it for you? Back to you, Mary. So we are almost out of time for today. Join us back here at 3 p.m. Eastern time when me and Andre talk about hypnotherapy and mindset. And today's topic is all about your coaches, your professionals, what questions to ask them and how to make sure you find the right person. One that has the knowledge, for instance, like that, but two, have the skills and that report. Because if you don't have that personal connection with somebody, you're not going to get a lot out of it. And Beth, thank you for joining us today. Yes, you're so welcome. This is fun. And um, I'd love to talk to you more about what we talked about earlier. Yeah. So have a good day. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us. See you back here at 3 o'clock. Bye for now. I loved it. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Awesome show, Mary. Awesome show, ma'am. Tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates.
additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode of our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count. Yeah, I'm